And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. Well, I'm really excited about my next guest. We've been planning this for a couple of months, and I think it just came at the perfect time, as I mentioned to her off the air. And of course, I'm talking with Myra Khan Adams, and she's many things. If you've never heard of her before, you're going to find out a lot about her today. She's a media producer, plus a political and a religious writer. And you're going to find her regularly contributing to landing places like The Hill, Real Clear Politics, Town Hall, one of my favorite places. Geez, I wonder why. It's been since February of 2020 that Myra has written an ongoing Sunday Bible study at townhall.com. And head there now if you want to join in on the discussion, see what we're talking about. From this, Bible Study for Those Who Don't Read the Bible was published last year by Zula Press, of course. In it, and you're going to find the first 56 volumes of that Sunday Bible study at Town Hall. Myra, welcome to the show. I'm so excited about this. Thank you for having me. I'm excited that you're excited. We're all excited here. <laughs> the well, the Bible study, I, I think it's timely. <laughs> There's a lot going on in the world and people need yes. things like this, especially maybe you're not plugged into the word as much as you need be or should be, or maybe you're not a believer at all and you're looking for something like this. And now we've actually, I just want to point out, it's a new name, a quick, compelling Bible study. So they might notice the name change at Town Hall. And you were born and raised Jewish in 1975 is when you fully turned towards Jesus Christ. And do these Bible studies that you're currently writing talk about your personal journey from when you maybe weren't as spiritual to your full conversion to becoming a born-again Christian? I know you are a Messianic Jew, Protestantism, Evangelical, currently you're Catholic. I mean, there's a lot of different avenues that you took, but you learned something along the way. And my guess is you found the important commonality, which is faith in Christ. Yes, that is very true. Faith in Christ and uh, the Word of God. Uh, and the two go together like uh, you know, hand in glove. But, um, you know, growing up Jewish, I was from a family that was uh, culturally Jewish and by heritage, but not at all religious. I used to joke that they were twice a year Jews, which basically they went, they went to the high holidays, if, if even that. But basically, um, we grew up, I didn't have a Bible in my house. I knew nothing about Jesus, other than my mother said that Jews don't believe in Jesus. Um, and why? Because we were Jews. Figure that's my circular argument. But anyway, um, my mother once told me that she thought Mary was a Catholic statue. Mary, the mother of God, was a Catholic statue. That's <laughs> that according to my mother. Yeah. And my father famously said, when I asked him one time when I had accepted Christ many years later, I, I said to my father, we were having an argument. I said, what religion was Jesus? And he yelled at me, because Jesus was Catholic. I was like, oh boy, okay. Well, uh, here we're, we're here to educate. Oh, we're going to bring that up a little bit later on, some of the misconceptions. <laughs> I just, I don't know why, I just find that funny. Yeah, no, I find it funny too, but, uh, you know, keep in mind, you know, if you grow up in a household where there's no religion at all, or you grow up in a, a house where, you know, they don't believe in Jesus at all, maybe they're religious but don't at all believe in Jesus, um, you're going to, you know, have some misconceptions. Oh, sure, yeah, you just don't know. Least, you know. Yeah, and you're, it's up to the Holy Spirit to find you and then to, uh, you know, to straighten you out and to um, teach you the Word of God and have others 
you know, be your mentors. And, and so that, that kind of happens. It's all up to him. If he, you know, if he chooses you to follow him or you decide to follow him first and then he, you know, continues bringing you along. Yeah. You hit it right it's on funny. the head. It is definitely all up to him. And I find it so endearing that the compilation of this first book, Bible study for those who don't read the Bible came from a request or many requests directly from your readers at town hall that they needed to be put into this one particular book. That's the ultimate feedback, Myra. Yes, I was really happy about that. It was a period of time over months where um, readers were emailing me and you know, leaving comments on the site saying, hey, these comp- this should be a book. Make a compilation of all these Bible studies. Um, the actual book is called Bible Study for Those That Don't Read the Bible, and it's available on Amazon, shameless self-promotion. But it's also the compilation of the first 56 Bible studies that are called every Sunday a quick compelling Bible study. So if you go to town hall on Sunday, or um, you just want to look me up on town hall or Google me, you can go to Myra Khan Adams town hall and, and the studies will, will come up. So uh, right now uh, last Sunday was volume number one Oh two. So I'm hoping that uh, as soon as I find some time, I can put the, uh, all the volumes starting in volume 57, because this book is volume one through 56. So volume 57 through 100, I'm looking forward to being a Bible study for those who don't read the Bible, volume two. Well, if you were getting, you know, feedback and requests to make volume one for the first 56 volumes, I imagine you're definitely going, maybe you already have got the request for volume two. And I love the title of volume 102, which is called the bird song turn 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 I'm, I'm imagining you're not just singing the catchy tune but i and i read the article tell us a bit about this particular volume and what people can find if they check it out at town hall yes uh last sunday uh the bible study as you said it was um called uh, the birds turn 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 and that is really probably correct me if i'm wrong I think one of the only iconic classic rock songs that lyrics are entirely taken from the Bible. It's Ecclesiastes uh, 3, verses 1 through 8. Now, the birds took their number one hit actually from a 1950s folk singer named Pete Seeger. So they basically did a cover of of Pete Seeger's song. I can say that three times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, they, they made, they made it a cover. They took, did a cover of his uh, not big hit and it became the, probably the, the song the birds are most famous for, but it's all based on um, these Ecclesiastes verses and Ecclesiastes was written by drum roll King Solomon, who at the time was considered, you know, the smartest man in the world. And uh, it's a Bible study that basically says that uh, the Lord you know, guide your life, but you should be cheerful that uh, he will inflict on you, you know, pain and good fortune, but it's all for his glory, for every purpose under heaven. And Pete Seeger added the words turn, turn, turn between all the different verses, you know, time to love and time to hate, um, all, all the different verses that make up the song, turn, 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 was added between some of the verses. And at the end, when it says a time for peace, and Pete Seeger added, I swear it's not too late. 
Um, so what happened in the 60s, the turn, turn, turn became kind of a, a anti-Vietnam war anthem. And it was, in fact, used in the anti-Vietnam demonstration scene in the movie Forrest Gump. So um, it kind of this, you know, this amazing, amazing verses really had like a second life after that when, when Forrest Gump the movie came out in 1994. Um, it was used again. But it is a classic. It's played all the time on radio stations. But uh, it's based on uh, the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Yeah, they can so find this at townhall.com and read the entire mm-hmm. article. And this volume 102 is fascinating. I was really enjoying it. I'm going to read the entirety of it after our chat today. I was only able to just peruse it. What I like as well is people can actually get engaged, I believe, down in the comment section and find out a lot about how this is moving people and what people are thinking. And it really just turns into a whole discussion between so many different people. Tell us about this. I feel very blessed. And I do believe the hand of God is on this Bible study when it appears every Sunday on Town Hall and ultimately is, you know, is now a book of the first 56 studies. But I have, it, it is truly amazing. Over time, as I've been writing this now since February of 2020, over time what developed is these, um, these, these readers, town hall readers, who are, there's a group of them, I'd say maybe about 50 of them, that are the regular readers of my Bible study. And they are not bashful. I mean, they come out and, you know, ding me when I'm wrong, but they, but many of them are very, very knowledgeable about the Bible. Some of them, I think, are really just Bible scholars themselves. And their comments have really become part of the totality of my Sunday study. And I've had other readers email me because I, I make the mistake of putting my personal Gmail address at the bottom of each Bible study. So I do get a lot of readers' comments on that Gmail address. And many times they will and I'll actually write and say, you know, I love reading your Bible study. I learned so much from it, as well as the comments. Uh, the comments just enhance the Bible study. And I just think that is just the most wonderful thing. So in that sense, I feel like I'm having a group Bible study. When I put my Bible study on Town Hall every Sunday, it's like I'm, I'm engaging a whole group of people in a Bible study. And I find that is so fulfilling and unexpected. It's great. I mean, it's kind of like just in a different way. You had all of the Zoom education that was going on over the last year plus with a lot of the schools. And although it's not preferred, yeah, it was still people were able to get their kids to still learn some things online. This is no different. You're able to have these group Bible studies where people are commenting and learning from one another. You're learning along the way too. And maybe you have now gained new perspective on something that you've just written. It is absolutely fascinating. And I'm really hoping that this actually grows even to the next level as you get further and further along. Well, thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. And I just want to give a shout out to town hall readers. If any of you happen to be listening that do comment on my Bible study, I thank you very much. And uh, feel free after you uh, read the current issue, uh, volume 102, um, you know, to, to make some comments if you want. Uh, now, keep in mind, not all comments are friendly, you know. <laughs> so um, It is online and it does happen. <laughs> Yes, uh, that is true. It's, sometimes it can get a little dicey. Sometimes they all argue with each other or they're dinging me for one thing or another. And, and I know that I have some Orthodox Jewish readers, and I know I have them. Some of them are, are in Israel, and uh, they don't like some of my Bible studies. And, you Myra, know, you mean we don't agree all 100% of the time? I don't believe it. Yeah. 
I know it's hard to believe, but uh, you know, someone one time one of them called me an apostate, and you know they don't like the fact that I'm a messianic Jew, and you know I'm I'm basically a traitor, and you know all that stuff. Um, what was the catalyst? Uh, I'm very curious. What what was the moment when you realized that you had to start this Bible study on town hall? Something must have struck you that said, you know what, there's a need for this. If I told you, you would not believe me, but I'll tell you, I'll make a very, very long story very, very short. Okay. It was a Salem executive. I don't know if I'll give you his name, but uh, he's a higher up with Salem. And he's the one that suggested I write a faith piece. And that was after I had written a, not a Bible study, this was in April of 2019, Easter, Easter of 2019, I had written a piece about the Shroud of Turin, which is a whole other side of my life with a ministry that I founded and had called signfromgod.org. I'd written this Bible study, and apparently it did very, very well, and he told me that I should start writing a faith piece on Sundays at Town Hall. So it took a while, but basically that's that's how it evolved. Um, it, came, it sparked from the brain of a very brilliant man who helps lead Salem Media. <laughs> so that is absolutely that. incredible. And we were talking about off, off the air, Myra. It's amazing how we're all connected here in some way at Salem in certain ways that we don't even know. So I love that story. Yes. In fact, I thank him in my book. Um, I do mention his name and I thank him in my book. If you want to know the so, name of the exec, read the book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, well, and you bring up something interesting as well with the Shroud of Turin. Uh, you wrote another article people can see at the Town Hall website, townhall.com, Shroud of Turin exhibit at Museum of the Bible, why you should visit. Tell us a little bit about that and more about Sign from God. Yes. Well, um, we were very proud to announce that um, last Saturday, um, the the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., which is this massive, massive, incredible museum that is only four blocks from the Capitol, from Capitol Hill, it um, it has the opening of the Shroud of Turin exhibit. It's called Mystery and Faith: The Shroud of Turin, and it's going to be running through July 31st. So, if any of your listeners are going to be in D.C. between now and July 31st, I recommend you go by the Museum of the Bible and uh, and see this exhibit about the Shroud of Turin. What happened was in May of 2018, um, I started what I call my crusade to get the uh, Museum of the Bible to host an exhibit about the Shroud of Turin. I keep saying about the Shroud of Turin. The Shroud of Turin does not leave Turin, Italy, and that's that's where it lives. It's lived there since since the 1500s. It just never ever leaves Turin, Italy, but it gets its name from from where it has resided for those hundreds of years. But um, the exhibit is about the Shroud. And it's mystery and faith, uh, as I write in my town hall piece trying to uh, encourage people to go see the exhibit, it explores the mystery of the Shroud, of which there are there are so many mysteries about the Shroud of Turin. It's just, well, many believe, millions believe, that it is the authentic burial shroud of Jesus Christ. It has an image of a crucified man that show all the marks of the passion 
as written in the Gospels. And there were so many mysteries of how that image get there. The image itself has photographic properties were, that only were discovered when, when it was first photographed in 1898. It has 3D distance information. I mean, the, the mysteries go on and on. And it's like, it can only be one or the other. It can only be the authentic burial shroud of Jesus Christ or it is a fraud. And the more you learn about the mysteries that are unexplainable, that modern science has yet to explain, you realize it can only be authentic. Otherwise, the, the technology was not available, you know, in the Middle Ages to have produced something like this. It just, it just would not have happened. But now the Shroud of Turin is, of course, it's controversial because just the whole concept of the actual burial shroud of Jesus Christ living to this day, um, you know, kind of freaks people out. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, it really is a whole nother level of spirituality when you think about it and where it actually came from. And it's a little daunting even for believers to believe that that actually exists, Myra. That is very true. Um, but the more you study it and you see the marks of the suffering of what we call the man of the shroud uh, and, and, the, and actually the, the physical attributes of this man are so compatible with the Bible. For instance, no bones were broken. The shroud shows that no bones were broken. Now, we know from reading the Bible that Christ did not have any broken bones. Uh, we also know that he had, a, he had a spear in his side. And the reason that the Roman soldiers put a spear in his side is they wanted to make sure he was dead uh, before. Otherwise, they would have broken his legs like they did the two thieves on either side because they wanted to take the bodies down. Sabbath was coming. They wanted to take the bodies down. And crucifixion is a slow, agonizing death. And the two thieves on both sides of Jesus had not died yet. But Jesus had died because he had been so scourged, so terribly scourged that he died really, you know, way ahead of the other two. But they poked him anyway. And so you see a big blood stain on the shroud that corresponds with the spear in his side. You see literally over 100 scourge marks that they could tell from the from the way the scourge marks uh, look on the shroud, that this came from what's called the Roman flagrum, which is what they used to just to whip him. And there's a certain shape that these um, that the that the marks have that literally they can trace that to uh, the Roman flagrum. Um, also, the of course the famous uh, crown of thorns. Well, in fact, the crown of thorns was not really a crown; it was a cap of thorns. And I have seen uh, reproductions of this horrible thing with these huge, you know, thorns that they just put on his head like a cap and, you know, shoved it into his scalp. So the Shroud of Turin shows blood stains on his scalp in the front and all, all over the back of his wow. head, um, which corresponds to the fact that it wasn't just a little crowd. It was, you know, a huge cap. In fact, I have been to Jerusalem, and one time we were on a tour and this uh, this gentleman who was leading our tour, uh, we went by some thorn bush, and there was a name for the thorn bush, and he showed us these thorns that grow in Jerusalem and these bushes. And he says, these are the thorns that were used, that these are, you know, available all over Jerusalem. These are the thorns that were likely used in the, uh, in the crown of thorns. Uh, and boy, those things were about over, they were at least an inch, if, if not more, and they were so sharp, 
you just touch it with your finger and you could practically, you know, draw blood on your finger. So that just really brought it to life. When you I bet. Yeah, we'll get into all these things. At, when Ooh. we approach Holy Week, I already know that I've invited you back on the show. We're going to nail down a date and talk actually a lot about the Shroud of Turin. So if you're in D.C. again, it's going to be there through July, I believe. Myra said, go check out Mystery and Faith, the Shroud of Turin. Check out her article as well about it. Townhall.com, Shroud of Turin exhibit at Museum of the Bible, why you should visit. There's probably many reasons. I'd like to leave with one more question in about 90 seconds, if you could wrap us up, Myra. Would you say that Bible study, regardless if somebody is spiritual, they may be just starting their journey into Christianity and Christ and finding out so much along the way, or maybe they've been into Christianity for some time, but they really haven't found a Bible study that's right for them is being a part of a Bible study something that really helps in growing your spirituality and to get closer to God? What have you found personally and what sets a quick compelling Bible study kind of apart on its own? Yeah, well, that's, that's a two-part question. First, um, Bible studies, particularly you physically go to, I'm sure Zoom is effective too, but physically, you physically join, you become such good friends with everyone. You share things. It's really, you know, fellowship of the Word. It, it just... It, it will enrich your life in a way that uh, you will you will make lasting friends and you will learn and you will grow and you will share together. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of, of Bible studies, personal, physical get together once a week. Bible studies. Um, my book, if you if you're not getting together with folks once a week, um, my book is interesting in the sense that you can pick it up literally anywhere. Um, it covers the first 56 volumes of my Bible study that runs on town hall. And the first 56 literally have nothing to do with one another. I mean, you could go to volume five or volume eight. It's like you could just go through the book and whatever you feel like, whatever topic interests you, uh, you can just read that. So it's not connected in any way. And it actually makes, makes getting into the Bible uh, not intimidating, because as we know, the Bible can be extremely intimidating. Yeah, you and I, I talked about that off the air. I think that's part of the reason why people right. don't read it as much as they would like to. That's exactly right. I mean, you have this big, thick book, and it's like, oh my goodness, where do I even begin? Uh, well, you can begin with my book, <laughs> because my book is basically, hey, it's like a thousand words, um, pick whatever topic interests you, jump around. It assumes nothing. It assumes you don't know anything. Uh, it was written for people like me, who literally f- grew up thinking that, that Good Friday was a Friday in spring that was good. And Palm Sunday glorified palm trees. I mean, I that is so true. I'm writing. Why I laughed when you nothing. originally told me that when I read it, when you just said it again, is because when I was first exploring my faith, I thought exactly the same thing. It, I mean, I can't even believe that I'm admitting this on the air. But yeah, you and I are of like mind there. <laughs> Oh, that, that's great to hear. But what it means is like there are so many people out there that don't know anything that uh, we feel it's incumbent upon people like us who, who have studied the word to, to get people into it because we know how much it will enrich their lives. Amen. And also it will give them hope and comfort in times when things are good and when things are bad. Uh, it's, it can be you know, your light um, to, you know, to cope and to better times. So uh, that's what the Lord does. That's what his word does in general. And that's what, you know, I think my Bible study tries to do and what I try to do every Sunday 
in my uh, town hall Bible study online. Well, I hope people so, buy the book, Bible Study for Those Who Don't Read the Bible, get into those first 56 volumes, and find that the Bible isn't as intimidating as you think it is. The more you get into it and have it broken down for you in maybe a way that you haven't thought of before. And then go to townhall.com every Sunday when she posts a new volume of a quick, compelling Bible study and learn something new. Jump down into the comment section and become a part of it. I'm sure, Myra, you'd love to have them on board. Yes, and if you do that, make it, you know, put in your comments that I heard you on, uh, on Noah's uh, program. So that would be even cool. Say you heard it right here on Across the County. Myra will be tickled. I'll be tickled. And I've really enjoyed talking with you. I can't wait for our discussion on the Shroud of Turin as we approach Holy Week. And I cannot wait to go through this Bible study myself. The only reason I haven't read it yet is because I actually find it more inquisitive when you talk to somebody and you ask them all the questions about what their book actually stand for, what it's about, and how they came about it creating it. I've just been just fascinated by this thing for the last couple of months, so I can't wait to dive in. Well, thank you so much, and also I encourage your readers, if they're interested in the Shroud of Turin, to go to my ministry that I founded. It's called signfromgod.org, and that will tell you all about the, the Shroud of Turin. Go check out the ministry, pick up Myra's book, join her next time here on Across the County as we talk about what she's writing, how the Bible study is going, and all about the Shroud of Turin. Noah here on Across the County, and we will see you next time.